back. We're here, episode five, Dime Boxing with Delco podcast. Excited to be back. We got some optimism about the carb market to bring today. Uh, I'm here with Delco Rips. Delco Rips, say what's up. Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Yeah, we've got a lot of things looking forward to. Uh, we'll talk about like Dallas Card Show, Brotherly Love Card Show, Fishtown Card Show. we got a lot of shows coming up. Uh, first thing I wanted to jump to today is something I'm seeing a lot of across card content. Saw a sports card investor made a video on it. Um, I saw a, a page I follow, PC Sports Cards. I watch a lot of their YouTube stuff. It's a lot of good grading content. They also mentioned it seems to be kind of creeping up with a lot of the big time uh, influencers. Uh, is the card market hitting the bottom or has it hit the bottom? People are comparing stuff to being back to like early 2020 prices. Um, in my opinion, I think the market really started to run late 2019, especially for like those basketball prism rookies. If you look at it, um, that started November 2019, no doubt about it, and just kept getting gradually and gradually more crazy with the price increases. But I think hitting bottom is is an interesting point. I think we may see a slight uptick during like January, February. Those are just usually good months for cards and other assets. I mean, you look, stock markets having a phenomenal week. Um, cards seem to be doing okay. I know people were feeling really positive about the most recent uh, PWCC auction that happened. Uh, and I think this time of year is good because people haven't gotten that tax scare yet, right? That'll have that'll come in a couple more months. And also people are now done with the holidays. Maybe they got a gift. They have some extra spending money. Who knows? A lot of people get eBay gift cards for the holidays. So like, I think this time of year, like beginning of the year is a good time for markets. Also, I feel like people, you know, set resolutions. They're going to work super hard to start the year. A lot of times for people, that means they're going to be buying really aggressively and telling themselves that they're going to work hard to be able to make money on it. So what's your thoughts on that? Do you think the market has kind of hit its post-pandemic bottom? I think I do think that there's uh, maybe for the right stuff, but I would caution you to just go, then just go out and buy everything because I do think that the the new market in 2023 and beyond will be different than the peak in 2020 and uh, kind of that base boom that you alluded to. Like, I think everyone can agree that a more educated base, like that if the market rebooms, I think it'll be um, in the high end market and like, you know, the super rare stuff. Um, so you know, I, I think it's kind of still be wise in your pickups because um, not everything has to boom, especially in, in a in a market where it's ultra mo modern and, you know, there's questionable uh, mass production going on uh, of late. Yeah, uh, the production is insane. I mean, I, I was just thinking today, like how many, you know, rookies do these QBs who are in the playoffs, like that Trevor Lawrence, like, that's awesome that he made the playoffs. And if he wins a couple of playoff games, that will be amazing. But then how many Trevor Lawrence rookie autos can hit eBay? Thousands and thousands of them. There's a million products and million variations. There'll probably be, a, you know, a hundred different Trevor Lawrence gold out of tens across all products to hit auction 
throughout a playoff run if he does go on one. So there's just so many, so many cards now. And I think also with hitting bottom, like you see so many nicer cards are getting auctioned now. Like it's not like, I feel like during the boom, it was, you would never see certain cards on auction that you're seeing now, like whether it's all PWCC. I know you said you had a couple PWCC pickups. Uh, you, you're going to stash them in the vault for a little bit. What were you grabbing? Yeah, so I grabbed a uh, – this was pretty cool. I just wanted to buy something on PWCC to, like, get my vault started. Um, it's not a platform. I typically just buy on eBay, to be honest with you, I, and, it, and it shows, um, and then I grade. So, um, yeah, I just was like, all right, let me get my something started, and I saw uh, 1961 Tops Willie Mays. Um, I thought it was really cool, and I pulled the trigger on it and bought it, and then I got a – uh, Trey Lance Optic Red um, at a 99 PSA 9 uh, for like 40 bucks. Um, I thought it was cool. So I threw that in the vault too, just because a long term stash. I think there's like a less of a fee if you hold it in there for 90 days. So I'm pretty comfortable like putting those in for kind of a long term. I figured it would be cool to like kind of think of it like maybe once I get it up to like a 20 or 30 or maybe 40 card sub. I would bring it home um, and just kind of stash away for myself um, some smart, like long-term kind of slower gain investments, even though those are two, those two pickups in themselves are like opposite ends. I just saw what I liked for the right price this time, but um, probably more of the Willie Mays type of stuff that I would be trying to fall. So just out of curiosity there, because you said Trey Lance and his stuff is just in the gutter. So you said the optic red out of 99, nice looking card, color match. I was just thinking to myself, I wonder what this card was worth before uh, Trey Lance hit the gutter in terms of prices. July 29th, a raw one sold for 550 bucks. My gosh, that's and crazy. August 4th. Another raw one sold. This one doesn't look like it's in as good condition. You can see centering issue. Sold for 500 bucks. So before the season. Oh, and then getting closer to the season, in August, you had on August 6th and August 7th, another two raw ones sold. They were 680 bucks and 660 bucks. So before the season. Oh, they just keep going up. I got hold on. I got to find the closest one. Wait, wait, wait. Is this the, is this the auto? No. This is the plain red on August 20th. That's the highest price, closest sale to the season of raw one sold for seven fifty. Damn. And then, I, I like, I love my $40 play and that's great. And I, that's, I didn't realize it was that good of a play. I, I literally didn't look it up. That was all just, I just bought, bought something. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll throw 40 bucks at this. Like whatever. That's funny. Yeah. And I think the nice thing about like being into a card that was, so recently worth so much so cheap is that i bet some people who bought it for whether you think they should just sell and take their loss or not i bet you at least half of the people who bought in at like five to eight hundred bucks are not going to just be like oh yeah psa 9 went for 40 bucks i'll just sell my raw for 25 bucks like they're not going to want to take a loss like that so you have a card that really shouldn't be hitting auction that often because who wants to take that big of a loss on it? I know me, if I were someone who bought that at 750 bucks right before the season, I am holding that. I made a mistake like that. I bought a Kyler Murray Prism Green Scope, like kind of right before the season. 
Um, and I'll never make a speculation mistake like that again, because I just have to hold it. It's probably worth 20% of what I paid for it. Uh, if I'm, if I'm lucky, I would guess because of what's happened with Kyler and where his prices are now. So oh, yeah. when you buy a card that's been that high and dropped that much, like kind of, I like that. It gives you an advantage of the fact that people probably aren't going to want to take a total loss on that stuff. And I think like liquidity and auctions uh, is a big thing. And, and one thing I had on the, uh, on the agenda here for tonight is like, I was telling you all liquid auctions are becoming like insane. Like the cards that are on there are incredible. Um, I don't know. Have you ever looked at those? Like do you look at the auctions on all, I'm assuming. Totally. Cause yeah, I use all uh, quite a bit for pricing slabs and just like, just because of the, kind of the comparative index of all the different major auction houses on graded cards. So um, definitely look at that. And I look at the auctions, not as much as you though, apparently, but, but you, you kind of prompted me um, earlier this week to check them out. I mean, they, they really do a great job of sourcing those auctions and uh, getting you kind of a taste of pretty much everything that I like personally. Like I don't, there's it maybe it's a little weak on vintage like i wouldn't say there's a huge like catalog of vintage cards but uh there's still there definitely is some and then but there really is like everything you'd want from a modern auction pretty much going off on alt right now um have you have you bought anything like big on alt before dan no i've gotten sniped on a few i've tried to win some but i think what, like I like just having that like opportunity of okay if I you know work hard on a few card flips get some extra cash like I have that opportunity every two weeks because they run one they always like take a week in between it seems like now so like you have that opportunity to get into a bigger card I'm not nothing on the one that just went out uh jumps out to me uh, which is surprising but like, just to give you an idea of how insane these cards are, here's the first few. Jordan Rookie, PSA 10, the 86 Fleer. Giannis, true RPA at a 99, BGS 9.5, really strong patch. Josh Allen, uh, 2018 Prism, true rookie, gold vinyl, PSA 10, numbered out of five. Uh, Jalen Hurts, true RPA at a 99, PSA 10. Shy, uh, Prism Gold, true gold rookie, PSA 10. Justin Herbert, uh, contenders optic gold vinyl 101 auto like it's just like that's insane that type of liquidity like i'm surprised people are auctioning i mean i guess some of it i think is all owning the cards do you know does all own all these cards or are people consigning through them that's a good question i believe it's it's both, I think, because people can send their cards in to alt oh, for yeah. uh, for um, vault services. So I'm guessing you can auction through them after you do that or list it at a fixed price. But I also know that they 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 buy cards and run them on auction and also list them for fixed price um, themselves themselves. But I don't know if. I think it's kind of anonymous. I don't know that you see a seller um, on Alt because I think Alt owns the, the Alt has the card at their location regardless. It's kind of like Golden, you know, like 
you don't know who the seller is when you buy something on Golden because Golden has the, the card and they're kind of like, you know, fronting it. So, um, but I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know a ton about it. But yeah, I, I would, I would be interested. There is some lower end. I, I kind of said I thought it was more only high end, but I scrolled down to the bottom and there is some low end stuff on there. So, it might just. Uh, you know, it's kind of fun to just do try out different stuff. So maybe maybe I'll add a try to add a lower end card and like try out alt and see how it goes and I'll report back. Yeah, so I'm just looking at this and you're right. It is mostly not just modern, but like ultra modern. Like, for example, so we we're talking about the Trey Lance price drops. So they have a cracked ice contenders PSA 10 auto 10 up there. The only sale of his that true cracked ice in a PSA 10 or BGS 9.5 was August 23rd before the season BGS 9.5 with a 10 auto of that Trey Lance true uh, cracked ice contenders auto uh, it sold for 13.5 thousand this wow. PSA 10 so they set a range for the cards in case anyone listening does not know they'll set like a low to high. So like, that's just their estimation. So they're estimating this is going for four grand to 10 grand that one. So this is the PSA 10, 10 they're saying should go for four to 10 grand, but the BGS nine five before the season did 13, five. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, closer to four. Has to be closer to four. He might, I mean, if Brock Purdy leads them to a Super Bowl, this kind of leads us in to our next topic about how playoff, uh, performance could influence football prices, especially with quarterbacks. But like Brock Purdy leads them to a Super Bowl. I could see Brock Purdy's cards just exploding and everyone being like, Trey Lance who? Like, and then he, you know, it'd be crazy to think someone drafted that high gets slotted as a backup that early on. But I don't think anybody is a clear answer to like, if Brock Purdy is a really good postseason and they make a really impressive run, do you bench him next year for Trey Lance, who didn't look good and then broke his like leg? So, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the 49ers themselves would would do in that situation. But uh, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that he would have to not only win the Super Bowl, but actually perform really well. So you know high touchdown interception ratio, lots of yards, and really be a factor in the passing game. And if he could show that, then there's a potential of him kind of changing the plans. But I kind of still think, I mean, I'm betting on Trey Lance. I'm betting on they lose, first off, because I think that the NFL is a quarterback league, and I, I think it's going to be tough to win in the playoffs uh, with Brock Purdy uh, when it comes down to it. I don't think he's beaten – um, a lot of top teams. So we'll see. But um, I think in general, like it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, the, the market's kind of cooled off in general and the money is kind of sunken away, even from like blue chip pros or blue chip cards like Brady basically was the number one football asset. Um, I think that, you know, say someone like Mahomes or uh, another, you know, maybe even Josh Allen wins the Super Bowl. Um, I can imagine their cards like really taking huge leaps um, to high levels. Even J Jalen Hurts, uh, the Eagles, just to, to take the homer pick. Someone like him, um, if he wins a Super Bowl um, after the season that he's had this year, I feel like 
um, that could take him to, to big levels. So um, I kind of, you know, to me, I, I kind of want to bet on Mahomes um, the most because I'm the most comfortable holding it uh, for a longer term. So I might look to, to see if there's a, a good Mahomes uh, entry point this weekend um, when I travel to Dallas. Yeah, is so Mahomes is one of the guys that you're looking for. Um, so we got Dallas show, which you're going to. I won't be there. Then next weekend, we got Brotherly Love card show. Uh, it is sold out from what I heard um, for vendors. Obviously, people walking around can still come in, but <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a, a pretty packed show in there. Uh, so you're looking for Mahomes. Anyone else you're looking for? Um. You know, probably just cool vintage, uh, you know, I'm sticking to some vintage baseball. I want to move into uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., like Bowman Chrome's um, and, you know, different uh, Bowman Chrome first autos of, you know, underappreciated MLB all-star kind of players that maybe don't get quite as much hype right now. So, um that's probably, you know, one play I'm, I'm still can, trying to continue to make. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. What about you? What are you looking for kind of at the Brotherly Love show or just all-car shows coming up? Um, I always – two main guys I always look for, LeBron and Brady. I really like and, – and the good thing, I'm enjoying the fact that their markets are really affordable right now compared to what they were. Um, and I think the reason I look for LeBron and Brady a lot is because – when I first got into it, like didn't have the money to be going after LeBron and Brady, even, you know, before the boom. And then the boom happened and their stuff just got insane. It was untouchable. And then since the markets came down, I feel like the guys who have suffered the most have been like LeBron and Brady and not just for their rookies or their autos or patches, but even just for like colored and numbered stuff. Like I feel like their stuff has really taken a beating. And I just love, both of those plays so much. They're two guys who are still playing. So you still have that upside. They haven't retired yet. So if that retirement bump does come, it's still to come in the future. Um, and I think both of those guys aren't going to be guys that retire and you kind of just like forget about them. I think that they're big enough legends where it's like, that's still their game. Like when Brady retires, like no one's going to be worried about people remembering who Brady is. He's going to have every record. And I feel like LeBron is kind of the same way. Like we see he's going to break points, but it's not just that. He's going to run through the record book on so many different records, um, so many unique stats out there. So his name's always going to be there um, at the top of the record books. I don't think anyone's going to come close to catching his stuff when he's done. I mean, he's still putting up 29 a game in his 20th season, I think he's going to shatter the points record by the time he retires. So I, I always look for both of those guys and, and I'm willing to pick up any different type of their card. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I think on my list too is, um, you know, LeBron, LeBron, I, LeBron auto would be kind of a bucket list. I've never owned one period. Um, LeBron rookie auto. I definitely want to own one of those. And in general, I kind of maybe think it might be time to own the Allen Iverson Topps Chrome Refractor Rookie. Like, I feel like why not go after it now? Um, so if I find one, the only thing is getting one at a reasonable price. That SEC 8.5 went for like 
1700 or something like that on ebay um it was pretty cheap um yeah it wasn't bad so i don't know if like people's psa nines will have come down like if they'll be more reasonable on them now than where they were so um yeah that's a one card i feel like you know that i will kind of really want personally and i might kind of just make it happen do you care about grade on that or are you just looking to get like a good eye appeal copy Probably just a good eye appeal copy, but maybe I, 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 you know, sometimes with those kind of grail cards, I mean, I don't, I don't need perfection. Like I'm not somebody who's like, I'm only owning tens. Like I'm not like a pompous, like moron, like some people are like with that, I, you know, I'll, uh, I'll own, you know, lower grades of, of cards I want, but I definitely want a high enough one where I feel like I can keep it. Like, I don't want like some off center seven five like reject one like i feel like i would want you know a nice clean pretty centered good eye appeal copy yeah that's an insane card those are and that's another card like those were so much higher not just ai but i feel like all those basketball legends rookie refractors like the tim duncan refractors are so much lower than they were i mean same with ai tim duncan's fell a little bit more but it's like those are some legendary cards. Like those guys are always going to be considered up there. Like maybe at some point when the economy is doing a little bit better, those cards won't be hitting auction as often like that. I feel like that's a big factor there. Like sometimes you just have these high end cards that keep hitting auction, which is why also interesting because I, and you hear people say like they don't want to sell a card based on the all comp. They want to buy a card based on the all comp, meaning everyone kind of knows like these cards go for a lot less than they would if they were sold at a show or like eBay buy it now or best offer where people can offer back and forth and compare a bunch of different things. Like with those auctions, it's just like the there's liquidity in the market to get it to a good price or there's not. So I think it's interesting to look at for like some steals for right now when people are auctioning. Like I wouldn't be shocked to see like an AI Topps Chrome Refractor PSA 10 in like, the next all auction. I mean, there's Jordan Fleer PSA tens in like every one. So even though that's a much more rare card, I'm sure. Do you know what the pop on that is? The AI Refractor ten. It's a good question. I was just thinking that because I was wondering how rare it truly is. That, uh, but I, I know it's one of those cards. I'm gonna um, that like I go to a lot of card shows and look at a lot of booths, and you just do not see that card for sale. It's pretty crazy. Um, um, I've seen it one time in Vegas and, uh, it was a PSA nine and he had a $6,000 price tag on it. It's the only time I've ever seen it. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It doesn't pop up that much, but if, if I can get it for under that, hit me up. <laughs> okay, the PSA 10 is really not going to pop up much. It's a pop 36, something crazy on it. If you were to buy it like 2015, 2016-ish, you're looking at like 1500 bucks, PSA 10. Then it continually slowly kind of goes up. But then like mid-2019, they hit like 3000 uh, Early 2020, you start to get closer to five. April 2020, you finally break into 5K. This is for the PSA 10 AI. Um, runs all the way up uh spring of 2021 there were some sales over 50 grand 
then it came down. And now last sale was August 6th, 2022, it was 30,000. Which wow. on a card that rare, is that that high? I mean, think about how many cards like that AI has. He doesn't have a Bowman Chrome Refractor. He definitely doesn't have any Prism, Optics, Select, Chronicles, Donruss. He doesn't have any of those rookies. And so no like, pack-issued autos either. Right, no pack-issued rookie autos. So when you think about that market cap, that's an under a million dollar market cap with that pop. I mean, the freaking base rookies of some guys. Like, I wonder what Zion's market cap is on his silvers which i guess is the most comparable thing to ai even though it's not nearly uh, as rare but the fact that that ai market cap uh, is under so the zion silver 10 market cap is over 1.5 million so it's almost yeah. double what ai refractor psa 10 is and that like that's crazy when you think about those guys like ai tim duncan they do not have many cards like that like that's so rare AI rookie refractor. I, I feel like that's a decent, decently reasonable number. True. And AI has a lot of like, I feel like really loyal and kind of wild fans. Like he's like a, you know, just a super marketable guy, like kind of changed, you know, fashion and just like all sorts of different stuff, like in the, in the, in the night, late nineties and early two thousands in basketball. So, um, yeah, like I think that that's definitely a card to own. I don't know. Maybe the what did you see the pop for the nine? Uh, let's see. You want to take a guess? I'm gonna guess three hundred. No, one hundred and sixty-four. And the last sale on it was in September. It was sixty-one hundred, but. Card ladder has it valued out with the current market, 4,100. So obviously things are not going as well as they were. What would that be like six months ago? No. Yeah, like decent, decent bit ago, a couple months ago. Uh, the BGS 9.5 is interesting. Uh, last sale on the BGS 9.5 was in October, 6,600, pop 22. Wow. Card uh, card ladder has it valued at forty seven hundred right now. So I kind of like I like that play. I like buy, the idea of buying the BGS nine five and holding that for the long term. Or buying the BGS nine five, and if you're, I know you like to travel to shows. Let's say you're at the National in Chicago, drop it off at PSA min grade PSA ten graded card review. It's worth the risk for two hundred bucks. Imagine if I mean that's one that's definitely not easy to cross there, but. <laughs> If you can, you made like twenty thousand bucks based off of a yeah. card review. Imagine that. That would be so sick. That, like, actually, it would be worth. I I never thought about that yet. It'd be cool to own a, even a card like worth doing that too. Um, like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, two hundred bucks for that risk. I think that's why that gap between BGS nine five and PSA has to close a little more than that. Like, you shouldn't be able to get. You shouldn't be able to make twenty grand off of turning a BGS nine five into a PSA ten. Like that's not even that's not even normal. It's like I feel like it's less on other cards. You know, like I feel like that's a super high gap. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's just so coveted and rare in a ten that refractor set, and that's like such an iconic. You know, pretty much a universally agreed best card for AI. 
Well, that's not the only card that that happens with, but it is rare. Like with ultra modern, you'll never find a gap like that. But I've heard a lot of things like, you know, the Jeter 93 SP foil. Um, so that in a BGS 95, I know that different. So PSA 10, uh, last one just sold a couple weeks ago, 204 grand. At the peak, or not even the peak, April 30th, 2022, one sold for 600 grand. This is the Jeter foil PSA 10. The BGS 9.5 last sold for 7,500 bucks. That's insane. That's like the, yeah, that's the craziest split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard that before. That's an insane one. <laughs> and, and like, there's a decent amount of sales on the, on the BGS 9.5 at least. And like, that's an accurate value for it. I mean, the highest one ever sold for was the peak February, 2021. One sold for 40 grand, but still, if you bought it at 40 grand, crossed that and then sold it for if you were that $600,000 PSA 10, like that gap is just like, something's not right there almost. Like, why can you make, and you could make over a hundred grand in after fees and everything. If you took a nine, five Jeter, let's say one that looked good, had good subgrades and did graded card review. And it came back at 10, like that's, that's a, a great year salary in just one cross. Like what is going on there? They do uh, same day grading. They're do, or uh, I don't know about same day, but they're doing uh, on site grading at Burbank, the Burbank Card Show, and I'm headed there um, in February. And uh, yeah, my maxi, uh, my gold contenders, like true content contenders, maxi um, is a BGS nine five, and you know the only thing that, where it nine on is centering, which PSA tends to be a little loosey-goosey sometimes with their PSA 10 centering requirements so um, uh, that would be an easy one to just kind of send as a min grade and and fingers crossed it wouldn't be it would be risking two grand the upside is nowhere near the same as the AI uh, the AI upside on a BGS 9.5 but the upside is maybe only like double but still might be a fun fun gamble Oh, that's, and that's, to me, that's more fun than ripping a box. I love getting uh, cards back from PSA. Um, so it, you said it's a two grand, it, does it cost two grand for that graded card review on the same day, I guess? No, no, it's not two grand. No, no, I don't know what it costs. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I think it's yeah. probably a couple hundred bucks. I think it's, I remember at the national is 200 bucks to do it with PSA. Um, I'm guessing it's the same. I'm, uh, Beckett does really a nice service for, I think it's like a hundred bucks um, for same, uh, you know, 24 hours lab service at the Dallas show. Um, but it is Beckett, but then, uh, but PSA is definitely a better, it'll be better. I just have to, I, it'd be cool to find like a really nice card to do that with or buy a card there to make a play on. That's my favorite thing to do is if you can, buy a raw card and either RCR it, but even better would be graded on site, uh, get it back and then sell it all in the same show. Like that's, I think that's fun. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a dream to have. I mean, that's in clean. You don't even got to take it home with you all cash dealings, you know, that that's, that's the idea there, but we're pretty excited for these shows we got, uh, coming up. I think this is a pretty good place to, uh, wrap it up here. I look forward to seeing a lot of you guys at the Brotherly Love Card Show. 
uh, January 22nd, correct? Uh, remind me on the venue. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's at uh, Ramblewood Country Club in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And, uh, yeah, I um, hope you guys can come out. We uh, appreciate everybody listening to the uh, Dime Box with Zelka podcast. And uh, if you made it this far through uh, five episodes, we appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week.